Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. This week we're bringing to you our community connection show where we get to share and read the stories and questions you all have sent in. And we've got some great ones this week. Would you like to start us off, Denise? Sure. Hi there. I always love your angel episodes on the podcast. I was listening to the recent one and heard you ask people to send in their guardian angel stories. I have one, but I thought no one would want to hear this. I went to turn off the episode and noticed the time was 11.11. I often travel to downtown Chicago for work. After a day of meetings, I went to meet a friend for dinner and drinks about two blocks from my hotel. I was in a busy part of downtown with a lot of nice stores and restaurants. After dinner, I started walking back to my hotel alone. It was early evening and still light out with a lot of people on the sidewalks, so I felt safe and was lost in thought as I walked. As I approached the revolving door, I just happened to look down the street as various people walking my way. All of a sudden, it was as if everyone in front of me blurred out but one man. He was about my age and looked pretty average. I immediately had a thought in my head that said, if he gets on your elevator, get off. I felt so silly. This man was walking in the opposite direction towards me and didn't even look to be walking towards the hotel I was walking in. Sure enough, though, as soon as I walked in the lobby, I got onto the elevator alone, and I felt a person get in behind me. I looked up, and it was the same man. Then the same calm thought popped into my head. Get off the elevator. This seemed completely irrational, but decided not to scan my room key to access my floor and instead, instead pretended to get a phone call and got off the elevator. I felt so silly as I walked back into the lobby. The man was probably a guest there and was just looking for his key to get up to his floor, but the same man, unable to access any of the floors, got out and walked right out of the hotel and continued down the street. I had an overwhelming feeling that I had just avoided a very bad situation. I knew without a doubt he didn't belong there and I did not belong on that elevator alone with him. I think back to that day a lot. I'm usually so aware of my surroundings and of people. But on that particular evening, I got caught up in thinking about my lovely dinner and just wasn't paying attention. I'm so thankful someone or something pushed that thought into my head and literally helped me to see what was about to happen. I like to think it was my guardian angel. Thank, thank you for all you do to create this podcast. I know it's a lot of work, but it means so much to us listeners during this hectic time in the world. Warm regards, Teresa. Don't wow. you just love that? I do. I do love that. And it tells us how important it is to pay attention to those inner nudges and thoughts we get because very often they are messages from our angels trying to keep us safe. And the fact that it was so strong and so clear and she didn't doubt it. Right. That there was nothing, it was instantaneous. And I think that that's a good sign that you're divinely connecting as well is when it's just so sudden and instantaneous. I'm so glad she shared that with us. Oh, it's a beautiful story. And I'm glad she's safe. Me too. Our next one says, good morning. I love your podcast. I've had these two questions rolling around in my head for the past couple of weeks. The first one is, when I started my journey with being an empath about two years ago, I felt very drawn to dragonflies. I was always seeing them around me. I had a bracelet with a dragonfly charm on it, but then lost it in an ambulance call. And then the bracelet broke a few days later. I tried to repair it, but it broke again. So I replaced it. But for the past several months, I've been seeing hawks everywhere I go. We were pumping gas in the ambulance the other day, and one landed on a fence near us. 
I see them during my travels on the highway. Is this a sign for me? This has happened to me two or three times at work on the ambulance. When I work, I don't wear anything that has a strong smell in it in case we get a patient that has allergies or asthma. One day I kept smelling sandalwood in the ambulance and around me. I literally walked around and around the ambulance trying to find the smell. But if I would get more than a few paces away from the ambulance, I couldn't smell it. I asked my partner if they could smell the sandalwood and they said no. I kind of thought I was going crazy. I sent a message to the prior crew asking them if they may have spilled a perfume in the truck and they said no. I shrugged it off and just enjoyed the scent. I tried to do some research but couldn't find anything. Any suggestions? Thank you for reading this. Well, I think it's fascinating that she first saw dragonflies and then hawks because dragonflies are often a symbol is a symbol of uh, transition change and hope mm -hmm. so the dragonfly starts its life on water and then goes to air so when we see the dragonfly it's often a message that we're about to go through a big change which i think is her awakening to this realization that she is an empath and going through this spiritual awakening the hawk is often a symbol to pay attention to your intuition. And hawk often guides us to look deeper, not only around us, but inside of us. And I think when we start to smell things that other people can't smell, that's called clairgustance. And it's often, you know, a, a loved one in heaven visiting us, or it could be the scent of her angel. Sandalwood is often associated with angels. What do you think? I, I agree with everything you said. And hawks are also messengers. And just the fact that the scent was so specific to where she was working. And what popped into my head as you were speaking was that there is a divine presence to help them on that ambulance. And I believe that. I do believe that they send in the big guns to help us, to help the emergency crews and to help our first responders. I, I believe that. Um, but I think you're spot on. And dra uh, dragonflies can also be about opening up to magic in your life, opening up to that, that realm. So it, it, I would definitely say, yes, there are signs. No doubt about the it. The point about the hawk, hawks are messengers. And often when I see one, sometimes I take it as a sign that I need to meditate more for myself. Because so often when we do this work, Denise, don't you find yourself just meditating for clients? And so sometimes when I see the hawk, I'll take it as a message to do a meditation just for me because they do carry messages. I do think that's a really important thing to, for self-care during these times as well is to make sure that we're, whether it's meditation or, or walking meditation, whatever that might be, find a way to work even a little tiny bit of that into your schedule every day and it will help you feel more balanced. And she's paying attention. Don't you find that when our guides recognize, ooh, she's awake, she's paying attention, they start, they start to send us more signs. Mm -hmm. Very much so. And you can even keep a little notebook. You can keep track and it, you'd be amazed. If, and maybe that's something she'd like to do. Does she see the, the hawks when she's going to an accident scene or going for a transport or going for someone with heart condition? There could be a pattern to that. Oh, that's a great point. You ready for the next one? I am. My name is Alexander, and I'm a professional musician based in London. Late last year, I was at a psychic development class, one run privately by a wonderful psychic. I've attended a number of sessions and am slowly developing my skills and attunement to spirit. A new attendee at this session turned to me after we'd only met for a few minutes and said, are you an earth angel? I think you are. 
My response was a barely concealed what the F. We talked further in the tea break, and she said that she'd been reading the work of Doreen Virtue and that I ticked a lot of the earth angel boxes. I did some further research myself and found that, found that surprisingly, <laughs> I, I fit the definition extremely well for one of her incarnated angels. My instrument is the harp. I bleach my hair white and have been doing so for several years now. I always find that people think I'm younger than I look. I had a complex childhood in which I always felt different and I make fast and easy bonds with animals and babies. I also had a penny drop moment in that I realized that I have a huge angel tattoo on my left shoulder, which I got around 2010. All signs point to north. However, it feels somewhat presumptuous or arrogant to proclaim myself as an angel. It almost feels like a misnomer as a true angel to me is something quite different. I've struggled to gather much information of worth on the topic and wonder if you might be able to help. You guys have mentioned her work many times, but I hate to admit that I found Ms. Virtue's literature on the topic disappointing. It was more of a survival guide, which largely to me read as common sense. I'm much more concerned with what this means for my soul purpose, my journey, and how I can be on the front foot to allow my soul plan unfold in the best way that I can. So that's my question, really. Could I be an incarnated angel? And what really are the implications of this? I've listened to approximately a gazillion of your shows, and this may be the one topic I don't think I've heard you discuss. What do you think? Sending all my love across the pond. We've had this conversation before. I think true angelic presence is different than someone. Do I think there are people that we have incarnated angels on earth that help us through times of crisis, grief? Yes. I agree with this person entirely. There's a very fine line. It goes back to topics, doesn't it, and names and labels. So you could take a lot of those descriptions and apply them to other, a lot of them are highly sensitive people. A lot of them are empaths. I don't want to discount that someone could be an incarnated angel because I really don't know. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to is we don't know. And I think everything that I come at this with is marinated in the religion I was raised in, you know, where I was taught they were created before us, that they are a different species, and that only, I think, Enoch, you know, was turned into an angel and became Metatron. I believe I'm getting that right. Mm -hmm. You're right. So I have never really believed that angels incarnate as humans. I do believe angels can appear as humans when yes. they're helping us in times of stress. But I also feel that there are some people who are angelic. And I wonder if these angel-like people are working more, I don't know, strongly for the angel team. Maybe That's she's where like, I was going to go with this. Yes, I agree. Like the people who do IET. They, they work exclusively with the angelic realm. Right. And so it could just be that she signed up to work more with that realm. And so I would recommend that she look into some of the other angel experts out there, like Lorna Byron's work or Kyle Gray, and, you know, reach out to them and, and see what they have to say and, and start to meditate more to connect with the angelic realm. To me, your vibration has to be so high and so pure to connect to that realm. I, I've done it on a very few occasions, but I have a hard time sustaining that level of pure energy. I have found when I have made that connection, and it's not from my pure energy, it's because I was 
working with someone who was so connected to the angelic realm that it made it easier to make. Yes. They, they were the conduit. They were the jumper cables for me. But it is. It's a very different energy. But if you did read Doreen Virtue's work, this person completely fits. It's the poster child. Yes, she of, does. Of all of those things. And that is, again, does it bring you joy? And if you, if you choose to use that label or you choose not to use that label, what it really comes down to is what are you doing with it, right? Exactly. How are you working for the angels? How are you being angelic in your own life and with others? That feels like quite a big responsibility. You know what, though? What, what I, and you know how much I love, love, love music, but the, that can be a, a, a huge service work of bringing through. And the fact that uh, Alexander plays the harp, you know, that, that purity of that instrument and the, the tone, the inflection, the, the vibrational energy of it, it can change the energy of a room. It can be very uplifting. It can be very healing. And that could be the purpose. That could be why there's that connection is to bring through that healing through the music that, that is being played. To use her music to lift and raise the vibrations of the planet, you mean? Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, and I think also to just, you know, talk with the angels and study them and work with them and, and see where it leads you. Right. Our next question says, hi, ladies, love the show. Looking for some input. I have a chronic health condition. My intention for 2020 is to thrive, to honor and show gratitude for the first hospitalization stay back in 2018. I did a ceremony on March 9th. I asked the universe if I needed to add anything to my plans for the ceremony. Within 10 minutes of asking while walking my dog, I found two ripe mangoes. The mangoes tasted amazing and using the pit in the ceremony was perfect for starting anew and growth. I looked up the meaning of mangoes. In Hindu, it's the fruit of the gods. Kind of cool. Four to five days later, I was again walking my dog and I found a tangerine. On March 30th, exactly three weeks after I found the mangoes, I found two tangerines on a dog walk in another area of town. Before I found, found the mangoes a few weeks ago, I've never come across a fruit randomly available. I'm enjoying the free fruit. I feel like this is a sign, but I'm not sure how to interpret it. Wow, that's really interesting. I've never come across random fruit on my walk either. Have you? No, but I, I was. my first thought was, ooh, where do you live that you're finding mangoes and tangerines and such lusciousness during the middle of the day? That's wonderful. That really is. And I wonder if the fruit is not only a message to her, but a sign as well that she's going to be healing because fruitfulness is all about, when I think of fruit, I think of healthy growth and spring and renewal. So I almost wonder if it's a sign of renewal coming to her through this healing. Well, that would make sense. And also if you wanted to get into like the work of, uh, Anthony William, the medical medium, who talks about food being very healing, similar to what we talked about in another show. Perhaps there's something in it. It has a, a vitamin, a mineral, a, you know, more of something that her body really needs to help on this healing path. That's a good point too. But again, another question about signs. And, and I think what you need to do is first notice what you're thinking about, what you're working on in your life when these signs just kind of fall on your path. 
and to make note of them, like you said, to write them down so you can start to see if there's any patterns. And the more you honor and recognize the signs, the more the world of spirit sees, oh, this is a way we can communicate. And the more you'll get those signs and be able to receive the guidance you're seeking. So all of this, I think, is really important work. Okay, and just another commonality is she found two each time. So what's the numerology of, of two? Partnership, coming together, love. Okay. Peace, so you have to wonder if that's part of the message as well. That's a good point. It could be a message about finding balance and love and peace and harmony within herself to help her heal. Right. But we're definitely sending lots of prayers and I love, love that you're saying that her intention for 2020 is to thrive. That's beautiful. It really is. Okay, our next one. Hi, Samantha and Denise. I recently started listening to this podcast as well as Psychic Teachers a couple months ago. I grew up in a unity church. I've always had an all-knowing about the spirit side, but only recently, at the age of 43, decided to open up. I downloaded your Everyday Psychic Protection course and am currently taking baby steps as I feel it's important. Anyways, my mom has always been told by numerous intuitive people that she has the gift, but she's always been terrified to access any of it. My mom has lived most of her life in fear, and it has really held her back in many ways. When my nephew was little, my mom had a premonition that he was going to drown in a pool. About a week later, she was at a family gathering, and it happened. My nephew, maybe five or so, fell in the pool, and my mom was the only person who saw him. She jumped in the pool and saved him. But the thing that really has bothered her over the years is a spirit or energy that may be attached to her. It started maybe 15 or so years ago. She says that she would be asleep and hear a man's voice in her ear calling her name. It startled her out of her sleep. And because of her fear, once she was up, she won't go back to sleep. There have been many nights she doesn't sleep because of the spirit. She said there have been other times she wakes up and he's right there in her face. She said it's a dark shadow spirit. She'll tell it to go away and it disappears. It stopped for a few years when she was living with family. She was in her apartment for a good year before it started up again. Now it has start, he has started showing up in the middle of the day or evening when she's wide awake. She said he'll stand in the hallway and watch her. Of course, this scares the crap out of her because it catches her off guard as if it's a real person in her home. I was listening to an old podcast episode yesterday from a couple years ago when you ladies talked about ghosts and poltergeists. Samantha, I remember you talking about shadows, but you mentioned that when it's a dark spirit energy coming right up to you, that's a different thing altogether. But you didn't talk about what it was. I gasped because you described what has been happening to my mom for years. What is this dark energy and how does my mom get it to go away? Thank you so much for the podcast, ladies. You're helping so many people. Jessica. Well, I'm going to let you field that because it's direct reference to some things you brought up. Well, I think this is really important because a lot of people who are meant to be light workers do feel this fear, this fear of who am I and what is this ability that I have. And there are some darker elements out there. We live in a world of duality, up and down, left and right, and, and dark and, and, and light beings. And so I do think this can happen to people. It's interesting to note that when she's living with other people, this thing didn't come around as much. But when she was living alone, you know, it can be a little scary when you're on your own. 
it popped up again. So to me, it feels directly connected to fear. Every time she asks him to leave, he does. And so again, that is a reminder that we have so much power over our own energy and who and what we let in. So when she asks this thing to leave next time, she needs to be much more convicted and strong and fearless in her heart and in her energy and say in all directions of time, I command and demand that you leave my energy now and forever. I also think it's a good idea to call on your people, whoever your people are. So for me, that's God and Jesus, Mary and Archangel Michael and my guides and angels. For you, it might be another higher power. That's fine. Whoever you lean into for your faith and belief and guidance, call on them to help usher this thing out and make sure that when you say that, that you are very, very strong. It's okay to be a little angry, like get the hell out of my house, but you need to be very, very strong in your voice. Even if you're not feeling it, even if you're afraid as you're saying it, that's okay. But you have to be very, very clear and set your boundaries. And you can't say like, get out now. You have to say, leave my energy now and forever because you have control over your energy and you have control of what can come around you and stay around you. And so that's what I would recommend to her. And I would also recommend that she really work on filling the home with love and light. So she could just visualize the entire home filling with the energy of the light from heaven. She can light candles to symbolically remind her to visualize this light flowing throughout her house. She can sage her house on a weekly basis to visually imagine all the negative energy from herself and her own fears from other people and from this thing to just get out of there. And she mentioned my psychic protection everyday psychic protection e-course it comes with a meditation that helps you learn how to do this but it also talks about little things you can do in your house like having live plants helps to get negativity out clearing your home of clutter helps to usher out negativity having crystals certain crystals in your home like any black stone is going to be wonderful shungite numite black tourmaline onyx all of those things together will work to help keep her home anchored in light and safety and protection. But first and foremost, she needs to reclaim her energy and tell this thing to get out once and for all. Those things make me mad, if you can tell. But you're also coming from a place to empower this lady to take back her home and take back her energy. Another thing that has worked for some people is to as you're saying you need to leave with that strength with that conviction is to like blow air like you're blowing out a candle very forcefully and some people have had very good luck with that as well that's a good suggestion you just have to own your boundaries you know i think i've told this story before but i was helping someone do a house clearing years ago she was a really strong woman like we all called her the badass mom cuz she was just really strong. She'd share her opinions with you. And I was really shocked when she called to tell me about a negative ghost in her house because I thought, you know, who would bother her? Like, she's just a very strong woman. And when I went over there, I did feel something, you know, negative. And I told her, I said, look, I can teach you how to sage and I can teach you where to put the crystals and how to call on your guides and angels. But 
you have to do it. You have to be the one to get this stuff out of your house. Your name is on the deed of this house, not mine. So you have to be the one to clear this. And she said, no, my name's not on the deed. It's my husband's. Oh. And I said, stop giving your power away. Mm -hmm. You know, that was just an example. This is your home. You wouldn't laugh. If this, if this were an actual person who intended harm for your family, you wouldn't be like, well, I don't know what to do. I'll have to call someone. You would, you know, get your mace out or call 911. Like you would get that person out of your home. Act the same with this negative energy. And so she finally did and cleared it and it went away. So just, it's really important that you own your own power and your own boundaries and just to also validate, and there's been a lot of energy around. There's been a lot of shadows. There's been a lot of peripheral vision stuff in the last several months. So if you're saying, oh my gosh, that's happening to me too, or you're, you're feeling like there's energy around, and I'm not saying that as a fear-based thing. I'm just saying exactly what Samantha just said. Your space is sacred, no matter where it is, whether it's you're living in a tiny, tiny apartment or you're living in a palatial mansion it's still your space and your home and you get to call the shots energetically that's right good advice damn it yes i know (laughs) all right our next question says i've been listening to you for three years now how time flies i want to thank all of you for being amazing and walking in your truth it feels like home listening to your podcast you ladies are so generous and loving the aunts i never had well thank you so much You all come through for your listeners time and again. I wanted to come through for you during this time, even if it is in a small way. I'm a Mexican-American woman in her 30s. I was born of immigrant parents who gave up everything for me to have a chance at dreaming. I faced racism and alienation daily as a kid. I was too white for my Hispanic classmates and not American enough for my Caucasian classmates. You can imagine that I really felt left out. I grew up and became successful. I made my parents proud and honored their sacrifice. This is where you ladies come in. Growing up, I was told I was too sensitive, and even though went through, and even though I went through some anxiety because I felt constantly overwhelmed, I discovered that there was more to my sensitivity than crying easily during movies. I feel the most accepted I've ever felt by being part of your community. We learn together, meditate together, hold space together, and grieve together. You ladies have held strong through all these years, and I hope you keep sharing for a long time to come. We are family. You have called humanity to unite and not to divide. I felt called to rise beyond physical identifiers, to be loving and kind to myself, which in turn translates into love for others. I know you don't like being called masters of anything of the like, but you ladies are spiritual leaders and warriors. Please continue to be the light. Lovingly, Jeanette. Oh, that beautiful. Well, um, I have a tear. That was so, so thoughtful. You know, I really, really appreciate those words. Beyond measure, truly. Thank you. And And I'm so honored that we are that community for everyone that, you know, it's, it's nothing you and I have done. No, we've just hold space one. Right. This is about finding each other, all of us. Yes. It's just so, so beautiful. And, Very, very appreciated. Okay. Hello, Samantha and Denise. I have an interesting incident to tell you about that I'm hoping you might be able to validate for me. 
I've been having a lot of anxiety and depression lately, and I actually ended up in the ER last month thinking that I was having a full-blown heart attack. After a complete workup, it was not a heart attack, but a severe panic attack. I've been having trouble sleeping for over a year, and I tend to wake up every couple hours with my mind racing. I wanted to give you a little background before I begin with what happened last night and this morning. So last night I was having a dream where a girlfriend of mine and I were having a bowl of soup. In the middle of the dream, I jolted wide awake, singing in my racing mind the Beatles song, Let It Be. I kept hearing the same line, Mother Mary calls to me, singing words of wisdom, let it be. I haven't heard the song in forever. My mind continued on its racing path of anxiety until I finally fell back to sleep. I woke this morning and this was all still very prominent in my mind. So I get in the car and my iPhone goes on straight to your podcast this morning, which was odd as it usually goes to my playlist. What was the episode that came up? Your summer book session about the way of the rose. I was floored. Needless to say, I ordered the book today as these were just too weird of coincidence. Thank you for listening. I know this was long, but I wanted to share. Thank you for all you do. I love your podcast. Warm regards, Alyssa or Elisa. Um, that's incredible. That really yeah. is. Now, that's a show we did on that Deb and I did on Psychic Teachers, but she addressed it to me and you on our Enlightened Empaths email. And so I think a lot of people listen to both shows, which we're very, very grateful for. But the book is about opening up to seeing Mother Mary not as like a being owned by the Catholic Church, but as as a divine feminine energy that we can all reach out to. And I love that she got that message just as she was getting through this terrible anxiety time of panic attacks, because if you've ever had a panic attack, they do feel like a heart attack and it can be scary. And as you were just saying, Denise, so many have been feeling that amped up energy and that anxiety lately and how lovely that she got this confirmation that she's being mothered right now. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. It really is. And I always have felt that that was a very channeled song. I agree. I definitely agree. I love that song. Okay, our next one says, Hello to you both. I was hoping you may have some books to recommend or any insight to help me navigate my dysfunctional family. My mom is an empath who's going through a difficult separation from my dad. Mom has used the words narcissist to describe my dad. It's been a rough ride. My parents have not protected us adult children from their issues during childhood, usually bringing my sisters into their arguments, especially now. So I'm working with a therapist to work on my boundaries during it all. However, I truly feel like I have a fractured family and live in a fog of confusion. At this point, two of my sisters are estranged from my mother, but have a great relationship with my father. I do suspect some manipulation on my dad's part. One time that made me feel especially that there was something manipulative going on, I had taken a step back from the whole family during an especially tumultuous week and was soon after accused of being part of, nar of a narcissistic triangle with my mom by both my sisters. When all I did was put up boundaries and work on this with my therapist, it is becoming hard to know what course to take. I used to think protecting my relationship with every member of my family was possible. Well, I think that's a really important question, Denise, and I think it's one that a lot of our listeners have dealt with. Uh, narcissists, you know, they're kind of everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. And watching your parents go through this and having them do that triangulation thing is so, so hard. 
I would recommend that she continue taking those steps back as she needs to, because sometimes when it gets so messy and tangled and chaotic, that's really the best thing you can do for yourself. It's just take a step back. I would also recommend she read really anything by Susan Forward, especially her book, Toxic Parents. And she has another one called Emotional Blackmail. Both of those books will be really instrumental and instructive in teaching you how to recognize what's happening on both sides of this divorce for not only your parents, but for yourself as well. Now, when I was learning to deal with the narcissism in my family of origin, my therapist said something really good to me. He said, do whatever the hell you want, because either way, they're going to make you feel guilty. (laughs) A lot of truth to that. Isn't there? Because really, that's how narcissists work. Their, their stock and trade is, is guilt. And so that kind of freed me up to think, yeah, I, if I need to take a step back and take a break from this, that's okay. And so I, I really do recommend that she not defend or explain how she's feeling to anyone in her family. If she's feeling that way, it's valid. She doesn't need it validated by anyone in the family. And I think continuing to work with the therapist will help. EMDR therapy can also be really helpful for releasing some of those childhood memories. So it's a long journey. Dealing with a narcissist parent is a long journey. It's nothing that six weeks or six months of therapy can cure. But you all know I'm an advocate for therapy. I do believe strongly that it helps. It's just not an overnight solution. So keep walking this path, keep setting your boundaries, keep learning and reading about narcissist and manipulation so that you can recognize it when it's happening to you. A lot of narcissists are so good at covertly hiding their true agendas, but once you learn about them, it's almost like you've uncovered a secret code and it becomes so easy to see through them. And as you learn, it empowers you. And without even recognizing it, suddenly you'll just realize, oh my gosh, I just set a boundary. Look at me. I just set another boundary. And one step at a time, you'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. But I do think a part of this will have to be grieved. And and I think that's, that's a part of dealing with a narcissist in the family that a lot of people forget. They, they forget to grieve that parent they never had and never will have, you know, that mythological perfect parent. So make, make sure to give yourself a lot of permission and time for all the feels. There's going to be anger. There's going to be grief, sadness, but there's also going to be empowerment, joy, healing, and renewal. You covered that beautifully. Thank you. Um, our last question. Hello, Samantha and Denise. I just recently came across your podcast, and I love it. I recently found out I'm an empath and a medium. After finding this out, I started to think back to my teenage years when I heard someone call my name and felt someone touch my shoulder during a nap. I got up to see who it was and no one was there. I'm also wondering if mediums have the ability to help people cross over. I was at my great-grandfather's bedside when he passed and again for one of my grandfathers. This upset my grandmother who told my mother she does not want me there because I made my grandfathers die. Of course this upsets me, but that was the type of person she was. I also have another question. What are some ways to develop mediumship? Thank you so much, Melissa. Okay, so yes, 
and welcome to the club being an empath and a medium. There's a lot of us out there and we're finding each other. I think you can help people cross over. It's very sacred work. It's not, that's why so many mediums do hospice work is because you're able to be that bridge between both worlds. You're able to be that liaison to explain that when they start saying, oh, I see my Aunt Mary, that you're seeing Aunt Mary too, or you're sensing that you can be an incredible, incredible comfort to families and to the person who's in, in uh, transition and passing. I think it's very sacred work to do that. It's not a party favor. So if you do decide to use your work in that direction, please do it with, with honor and integrity. And obviously you had absolutely nothing to do with your grandfather's being ready to pass. If anything, you were probably giving them comfort and strength to, to be able to let go and, and leave more gently. Um, as far as developing mediumship, you can uh, read the books, you can do the YouTubes, you can take the classes, you can keep a journal, you can pay attention, you can meditate, you can, I mean, there's a, just a, there's no end to it, what you can do to develop your skills. But one thing you can learn, you can practice with uh, which Claire you're strongest with. Are you more clairaudient, clairvoyant, claircognizant? There just, uh, there's no bottom to it. But if you're feeling really drawn to do that work and exploring other classes or other way to open up to that. But you can always start with some free resources online and see if that sings to you. But I think the fact that you're very emphatically saying, I'm an empath and a medium, you've already stepped over that line and you're ready to take it to the next level. Well said. And, and you're right. Nobody can cause someone else to die. And I'm so sorry that this is what her, her grandmother said to her. I do think that mediums at the end of life can be a really good source of comfort to people as they are preparing to die. And I think this is a service, like you said, we can offer not only to our family members, but in a volunteer capacity at hospice, but also through prayer. You know, whenever I hear that someone I know or someone my friends know has died, I always pause in my day to, to light a candle and just pray that they cross over successfully and easily and that their life review process goes well. And, and just that the whole process of transitioning to the other side is filled with grace for them. And so I think that's important. If you're developing mediumship, everything Denise said, I agree with. And then once you've learned all the basics, once you've read the books and taken the classes, you, you've got to get out there and, and practice to see what kind of a medium you are. You know, because rescue mediums, those are the ones that help ghosts in particular to cross over. And so you might be drawn to that. You might want to be more of a, a grief relief tool and, and work to just confirm the validity that people's loved ones have made it successfully to the other side. There's so many different ways you can work with mediumship. And the only way you're going to discover that is through practicing and seeing which ones resonate for you. That's why Denise and I, we're getting ready to teach our mediumship classes again in the fall. And that's why we always emphasize the practice portion of that class where you're partnered up because you can't really know who you are as a medium or what you're meant to do with this work until you practice it. Right. And find out what you're, we all have a certain strength with this work. Some people are amazing at exactly what Samantha said or they're great at bringing through personality or they're great at bringing through evidence or they connect with animals and spirit. 
you'll have something that you're really, really good at, and that's the one to embrace and use to be of service. Well, these were some really good questions, and some of them were very deep, and, and I hope we, um, I know we just scratched the surface on a lot of them, but I hope we at least gave some guidance in terms of places to start looking and seeking for more information. Yes, and again, we're always so appreciative to the stories and comments and questions that come in, because I do feel it bonds us more together as a group right. and as a community. I couldn't agree more. If you want to share a story or a question with us, you can email us enlightenedempaths at gmail.com or you can message us on Facebook at Enlightened Empaths. And if you have a moment and you're enjoying the community, please take a time to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It really helps other people to find us. We're also on Spotify and Podbean, Google Play, and so many other resources. So we thank you guys so much for joining us in this community of enlightened empaths. We hope that you always remember to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.